Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it. Just put your trust in Him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. Welcome to the Get Happy with Jay podcast. In today's episode, it's a continuation of our discussion with therapist Lauren, who suffered from postpartum depression, and she's been talking with us in part one. If you missed that, go check that out first. And she talks about the definition of postpartum depression and really details exactly what she went through. And I'm excited because in this podcast, because you know, with us, we never address a subject without giving you solutions. That's a whole part of the process, right? So in this part two of our postpartum depression discussion, she gets into details about what she did to overcome. And like I said, in part one, stick with us. If you're not a woman, you don't have kids, no interest in kids, you can still get a lot out of this episode because postpartum depression mirrors regular clinical depression in so many different ways. So you'll get lots of helpful tips even for that as well. So stick around and right now without further ado we're getting into part two with Lauren. And at some point your husband was deployed or gone right? At some point during that? Yeah I mean he in the thick of it he wasn't deployed but he had lots of different trainings and stuff where he'd be gone there. I think there was maybe a two month period he was gone in there and then it'd be like a week or like a couple days here and there so Mm -hmm. um yeah and in uh, preparing for the show I was interested to see that on some research that I uh read that sometimes the spouse or partner can feel uh, the effects or have some postpartum depression themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So were you aware of that? And did you, do you think your hubby experienced any of that as well? I don't think he did. But yeah, male postpartum depression is a very real thing. Um, th- their lives are changing too. You uh-huh. know, their identity is different as well. And I think a lot of times men experience the um, heavy weight of, you know, now they're not just providing for one, they're providing for a family. And Mm -hmm. what's that going to look like? And it's just like extra pressure in Mm -hmm. that way. Um, So yeah, it definitely happens to both. And I think that's something that's very much ignored or not addressed because Mm -hmm. men don't have to go to those appointments, aren't being handed a depression scale, you know. And a lot of times we don't even think to ask them because Mm-hmm. the the mom is going through so much on her own and all of that that it's easy to forget that he could be going through a lot too mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's definitely something that happens to both genders and that needs to be addressed yeah and coming to some understanding that each individual person 
is going to have a different experience. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that, that that your partner doesn't love or doesn't support you, but they're going through their perception of what's going on and dealing with it in their way. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get on to the good stuff. Okay. And that's how you got through this because you mm-hmm. said that the therapy and the low-dose antidepressant were just small parts of overall the things that you did to get you through postpartum depression. So let's talk about what worked for you. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, you know, I'm going to share what worked for me um, and my experience of what it was like. Again, um, there's people have so many different experiences and you really have to figure out what will work for you. Maybe not everyone wants to do meds. Maybe not everyone's comfortable talking to a therapist, but, you know, you have to do something. So Mm -hmm. I think that's important. And, um, you know, I think at a very small scale in the, beginning um maternity leave was really hard for me um I've always worked I've always thrown a lot into my career I love my job so I had this expectation that staying home on maternity leave was going to just be this like blissful time and this break and vacation and it wasn't like that Mm -hmm. my or my husband my son was pretty fussy um he had some I don't know some people say colic some people say that's not real I don't know what it was but you know he he was fussy and he had some like uh reflux and we were dealing with like food allergies I was trying to get the hang of breastfeeding which was a whole nother beast yeah that's a whole thing in yeah. and of itself yeah <laughs> and I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to especially like I I had this picture of how I thought it was going to be and how I wanted it to be. And I had chosen breastfeeding and it was hard and it was painful. And, you know, he had all these allergy and dietary things. So I didn't know if I was making that worse or what I'm eating. Is that affecting him? And it it was hard. And, and, and in retrospect, I wonder if I had stopped breastfeeding sooner or not putting so much pressure on myself, if mm-hmm. that would have helped. But, um, you know, that was just a choice I made. But I, I think it helped me in the very beginning just to get out of the house. Um, He was born at the end of November, so it was kind of gloomy out and cold so it was just hard to get out plus you just birthed a baby your body doesn't feel good at all Mm -hmm. um you know you worry about the crying out in public and what that's like I mean there's research on that hearing a baby crying again with going back to that torture stuff that's that's another tactic they use is playing babies crying it does something it activates in your amygdala and sets off a fear response like it's a Mm -hmm. very real thing um it's not just, oh, that's embarrassing if your baby cries. But I think any mothers listening would know that hearing your baby cry can be seriously anxiety inducing. Whereas if you're just at the store and there's a baby crying a few aisles down, you may notice it, but you don't get that same mm-hmm. anxiety. So anyway, yeah, getting out of the house. And that was sometimes it was like, okay, on Tuesday, I'm going to go through the Panera drive through <laughs> And that's it, you know, like just having that plan to like get out, put on clothes, get dressed a little bit, you know, just changing up my scenery because sitting in the house all day long, staring at a TV screen, it was just hard. It mm-hmm. was so hard. Um, so that was something I did and that really helped me um learning to kind of accept help I mean in the beginning it was hard for me again because I was breastfeeding to go anywhere without the baby um 
So even just my husband being like, let me, like, you go take a, go walk the dog around the block, you know. Mm-hmm. At first I would be like, uh, I don't know, like, what if something happens? But just realizing that the world's not going to probably explode in that 15 <laughs> minutes that I'm walking the dog helped. Um, and just I think it got easier every time that I did that um, or just if somebody offered to watch the baby while I did something is is anxious as I was being away from him, mm-hmm. I realized I really did need that. Even if it was just, I'm going to go to the grocery store and grab a few things and then come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really important, just finding those little nuggets of time for myself. Um, when I got into therapy, I remember my therapist asking me, you know, where in your day can you have some time for yourself? And my immediate response was just like, it was laughable. And like, I don't have time. I literally am up with the baby all night. I have to get ready for work. I have to go to work. I come home and then I'm on baby duty. And then I have to cook dinner somewhere in there. And like, maybe I can get a load of laundry in and then I'm just exhausted. And you know, my immediate response was, there's no way I don't have any time. That's, that's not something. In- I think we all say that. Yeah. Well, she yeah. helped me. She was yeah. like, well, okay, let's think about it. Walk me through your day. So I did. And it, we figured out the time that I had, even though it was just a short amount of time was when I was in my car driving either to work or to see a client or like driving home that was my time that Mm -hmm. was just me and she said well what do you do with that time and I said I don't know like listen to the radio whatever and she was like okay what can you do with that time that can bring you some joy what can you do differently Mm -hmm. so that's where I became really intentional about um you know, instead of just mindlessly flipping through the radio, I would listen to podcasts that were really interesting to me or a book Yay, podcast. Yay, podcast. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, or sometimes it was just silence. I would mm-hmm. just turn everything off and enjoy that silence. And I knew in my head, okay, I'm not going to have this silence here in 20 minutes, but, like, yeah. I have it right now. So I'm going to just, you know, I'm let it be my soul. I'm with you on that because that's usually, like, the time I take for myself, too. Mm-hmm. It's like driving to work and Sometimes, you know, that's my meditative time. Sometimes I use that as my prayer time, Yeah, you know, jamming out. But I, yeah, I'm with you. I try Mm -hmm. to be intentional on what I do with that, even that simple drive time. Right. And you're you're right. You have to be intentional. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to just go through the motions. But I had to make this decision of, okay, I'm going to try this. And I loved it. I mean, and it's something that I still use today. Like my car time is my me time and Mm -hmm. I love it um so yeah that's something that really helped me um trying to think what else um what about exercise because you're fit (laughs) yeah so that's something I think was a little bit I I don't know my son was probably seven eight months old when I decided okay like I'm really gonna um spend some time getting back into shape so that was something I just made the decision for myself I had always been pretty active and fit and really truly just as as most people do I didn't have time for that anymore Mm -hmm. so when he was a little bit older and finally sleeping because that was a struggle for a long time we honestly we ended up hiring a um, sleep consultant I was like take my bank account make him sleep please and (laughs) it worked thank god but yeah it was a struggle but once he was sleeping I figured out that 
it was really, really important that I set some time apart for myself. Mm -hmm. I knew he was an early riser. He still is to this day. He's up at 5 a.m. every single day. Doesn't matter. So what I was doing in the past was I would sleep until I heard him crying on the monitor and then I'd pull myself out of bed and I was so exhausted. And um, even though I didn't blame him, there was this piece of me that in my head was like, frustrated like man I wish he would just sleep a little longer I'm so tired and it it was kind of like I was almost becoming a little resentful of him Mm -hmm. um at some level obviously again he wasn't doing it on purpose but it was like man like why won't he just sleep so I think once I got to that point of like okay he is going to wake up at 5 a.m rain or shine doesn't matter that's his time he wakes up I started setting my alarm for 4 a.m which was hard (laughs) I am not a morning person never ever ever have been but um that's what I did I and it was my decision to wake up instead of his um I was making that choice and I would spend that time working out and um, sometimes it was hard and you know there were obviously days that I would press news but it's a choice I made and it made so much of a difference um, of just having that little bit of time for myself in the morning and I was doing something for myself I was feeling better um, health-wise because I was pretty you know just worn down health-wise and there's just so many benefits to exercise mentally and physically absolutely and especially for depression that is huge Mm -hmm. move your body um it is so important for depression what it does in your brain um so yeah that that was a choice I made and now I guess I'm a I'm an early bird but (laughs) it's helped. So it's just those sacrifices. You have to kind of figure out what works. But truly, I think the biggest thing that helped me was just talking about it, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, with the therapist, with other people. The more I started talking about it, the more I don't know that I had really any experiences where someone didn't relate to me on some level, Mm -hmm. which was shocking because I wasn't talking about it because I thought no one could relate. And I wrote this long long post that I was going to put on social media and I kept it for a long time and it was just about my experience and this is what I've been dealing with and I remember thinking I want to share this because if I would have read something like this when I was going through Mm -hmm. this it would have helped me so much and I didn't post it for a long time because I was nervous about what people would think or if they would think I was a bad mom and eventually I was just like you know what I'm just going to do it but the first time (laughs) I posted it I blocked a bunch of people from being able to read it because I was still not really sure (laughs) and then after a few days I was like you know what screw it I'm just gonna put this out to all my friends and I had so much resounding feedback of oh my gosh thank you for sharing I Mm -hmm. went through this too I mean I'm talking hundreds of comments yeah I think it was shared like over 50 times I, I had to make it public um because so many people wanted to share it. I And to this day, I mean, this was over a year ago, I still have people almost on a weekly basis sending me direct messages saying, uh-huh. hey, uh, I remember you posted that thing a while back and I'm feeling this way now, I think. Can you, you know, can you help me with that? Or what do you think? And like literally almost weekly. Mm-hmm. And I don't like have a ton of friends on Facebook. It's, it's, It's a pretty small group, but that's why, again, I think those statistics are low. Yeah. Because I almost everyone I know has been able to relate to this in some instance and I think just knowing that that like you are not alone and you're not a bad mom and you were given this child because you know 
you you're the mom that this child needs and just knowing that and being able to um separate the fact that you know having postpartum depression has nothing to do with you it's not something that you chose Mm -hmm. it's just something that happens and it can look so many different ways um you know I've shared how mine looked but I think again a lot of women experience these things that seem too scary to talk about or what would people think yeah Just the fear of that judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one thing that I didn't share in that big post that I posted that um, I think a lot of women relate to that at the time I was like, well, I can't talk about that is I think a lot of women experience like intrusive thoughts in the sense of um, it's a hormone thing. And Mm -hmm. I've done some research on it. But, you know, I, I would experience these thoughts of like, like, I don't know, just crazy stuff. Like, I'll give you an example. I was eating like almonds on the couch one day holding my baby. And I just had this like vision of me dropping an almond accidentally into his mouth and him choking and like having to call the ambulance. And like, you just do like you (laughs) just have those and they're Mm -hmm. scary and they're terrifying. Mm -hmm. But I think almost all moms experience those to some level. Um, And even if it's not related to the baby, like, I don't know, driving down the road and imagining this truck just like bursting into flames or something it's crazy and it's like you don't want to talk about it but so many people have told me that they experienced those things and I'm like okay maybe this isn't just me and I you know it's and sitting here here you talk like that it's (laughs) Uh like there's so many parallels I'm making with what you're saying with even going through menopause and uh-huh. so that just tells me that the hormonal component is so important like any yeah. time of your life and you're going through any type of hormonal change right. and how's that and how that affects your brain chemistry or whatever yeah and I think it's important I mean I don't want to I share that because I don't want to just talk about part of the struggle I want to talk about the whole all thing. of it yeah because what helped me so much was hearing people relate. And so if they can hear this and relate, you know. So how do you deal with those intrusive thoughts? I think, you know, there's this, when I first went to therapy for it, I remember being scared to tell the therapist about that kind of stuff. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. well, what if she thinks that I want to like drop an almond in my child's mouth, you know, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you think that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I never have ever had any thoughts of hurting my son. And I think that there are people that experience postpartum depression or even postpartum psychosis that do have those thoughts. Um, I didn't experience those at all. But I know that, again, this isn't something you're choosing. This isn't something that I, I wasn't wanting to hurt my kid. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't wanting to have these thoughts at all. But it, I did, you know, and um, that didn't mean anything about me. It was just, again, this hormone imbalance. So just being able Mm -hmm. to accept it, like, this is just part of it. This is just, you know, my brain does crazy things. Um, I'm also had three hours of sleep last night and that Mm -hmm. played a part in it so you know it's just being honest about it and knowing that you know my son is safe and he's loved and he is the light of my life so it has nothing to do with who I am as a person or what kind of a mother I am it's just you know it is what it is again just being honest about it and talking about it and having people relate it's just it it's important um to help so yeah In closing, is there anything else that you'd like to share about this experience? I know that you came so like (laughs) super prepared, like, oh, I've got so much to say and so much to share. So I want you to be able to have this time to get out absolutely anything that you want to share before we close as well. Um, 
You know, I think it really just goes back to just having the conversations and, and you know, especially in the, I would love to see the medical community changing the way that they approach this, changing the way, this, like we talked about how they approach dads about this. I did have, I had one, she was a lactation consultant and I remember she told me, she gave me, it's, you know, a card of like signs to look out for and and I just kind of was like, yeah, you know, I, I know the signs or whatever. And she's like, I know you do, but I want you to take this and I want you to put it in your underwear drawer and I want you to just keep it there because even if you're not experiencing this now, you might later and, and it's okay. And she was the one person in the medical community that was really just, I don't know, looked me in the eye and said, it's okay if you feel these things and you might. And honestly, you probably will. And she said for her, it was when she went back to work. Um, which was probably around the time it kind of manifested for me. And I think, again, with that, with going back to work, I didn't really talk about that much. But just to lightly touch on that, I had such this loss of identity after having my son, I wasn't enjoying maternity leave. And I was so excited to go back to work. (laughs) I know not everyone has that experience. I have lots and lots of friends who have babies that were just heartbroken to go back to work. And I think that is another side of things. But for Mm -hmm. me, that wasn't the case. Um, I, again, I love him and it was nothing against him, of course, but I just wanted to get that piece of me back. Yeah. And I remember going back and people were like, oh, like it must be so hard for you. And me thinking in my head, well, I can't let anyone know that there's a part of me that's just so excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Because I thought they would think I was a terrible mother, but there was just something about that was really important to me. And that's Mm -hmm. one thing that worked for me Um, and now I know that that's true for a lot of people and sometimes again the opposite's the case but Mm -hmm. um, you know I don't think either is right or wrong it's just how I was feeling so yeah I think again having just this being for people to just be open about what postpartum looks like and asking the people in your life that have young children or even that are pregnant, how are you doing? How are you really, really doing? You know, and just having those conversations because it's so easy to just be like, I'm fine. Like everything's great. But sometimes that's not the case. And being able to just talk about it is so, so important. I feel like the Peoria area in particular has so few resources. There Mm -hmm. are no groups. There are nothing. There's nothing like I'm that. surprised that there's not a group. There's not, not that I've found any way. I saw there's some in like Springfield, you know, I think there's maybe one in Bloomington, which is so sad to me. I have not at this season of my life because I have a lot going on, but I, I mean, that's something I desire to do is to just start one here in the area. Um, I don't know how much interest there would be or how I would go about doing it, but that's something that's really been on my heart. So eventually that'll be coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm holding myself accountable by saying it on your podcast right now, yeah. but um, it's it's needed. It's absolutely needed. So and I think it's always important too that when you've gone through something like this mm-hmm. to be able to kind of give back and to be able to help others. Yeah. That's very important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I have definitely learned a lot about postpartum depression. And like I said, for anyone that's out there listening and that um, has stuck with us, 
in these because of course we broke it down into two episodes I think that there are so many parallels between postpartum depression and other issues like regular clinical depression and different things or phases in your life that you can see like I said the similarities and the parallels with postpartum depression so I hope that you were able to gain something from it if you're a male listener or someone who hasn't had a child or you're beyond your childbearing years there was definitely a lot to uh, to learn from these two episodes. So thanks as always for listening to us and uh, thanks again, Lauren, for being with us. And I know there's other wonderful things that you can share with us in the future as well. So it was a pleasure having you with us and just thanks for being so open and transparent because it is not an easy thing to do for all the reasons that were stated in this. So thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the podcast, Get Happy with Jay. And an extra special thanks to our guest, Lauren, who has shared her personal story about postpartum depression and has also helped us with tips and tricks on how she overcame. And we know that you can do it as well. Have you suffered from this condition or from depression or anything else mental health related? We would love to hear from you and get your feedback. You can always leave me a comment on the Get Happy With Jay Facebook page, or you can go to the website, gethappywithjay.com. You can leave a comment there as well. And while you're on the site, if you have missed any of our other episodes, you can catch up on them all right there. You don't even have to have a special app. But if you are on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, you can check out the podcast on those sites as well. And it's always absolutely free to listen. So if you check us out, you like what you hear, even if you don't, Comment, review, subscribe, and just support. It means so much to know that we are connecting with you with this happy movement, and I appreciate that in advance. So until next week, as I always say, do something to make yourself happy. It's not selfish, it's self-care. 